to those of you who may not have them with you. We're going to be talking about some really important stuff today. And it has to do with how we get fixed by the Lord, those things that are broken, and how we get renewed. So we're going to look at uh, Matthew 12, verse 31. And we're finishing up a series here on Beyond Order. And what we're talking about here is a simple phrase. It's easy to get saved, but it's hard to know what to do with your life every day. Getting saved is easy. You just ask the Lord for forgiveness. And what Jesus did on the cross, as Jen was just singing, covers everything. And we get to spend eternity with him. And if you're not sure about that stuff, uh, you can pray with any of us today to receive Christ. That's easy. Getting saved is simple. It's grace. And it's all grace. It's all the Lord. But knowing what we're supposed to do with our lives is a big challenge. We have to go beyond just getting straight, getting right with God and actually making something out of our lives and actually doing what God would have us do and aligning our lives with what is true. So we're going to be working on that today. And today's theme is very important. Uh, I say that every week, but this time it's really important. We're going to be looking at what causes us to lose track of the truth and why that is so toxic. We're going to talk about some toxic emotions. There's good emotions and there's good negative emotions. Grieving when someone dies is a good emotion. That's a normal thing. But there's also some toxic emotions. And the one we're going to talk about today, which is at the root of so much of what happens in our lives, is called resentment. And we're going to be looking at resentment going back to the very beginning of the Bible. When Adam was cornered by God, saying, hey, what's going on down here? He was resentful and he blamed others because he had actually let lies and unbelief and untruth come into his life because Satan has tempted him. The serpent tempted him and he ended up departing from the truth, which leads to a whole bunch of, this is just going to be fascinating today. What did he do when he got, when God cornered him? He blamed his wife and God, the woman you gave me. So he's blaming both of them. He's resentful for his situation and he ended up blaming everyone else and not taking responsibility. So today we're going to talk about resentfulness, Deceitfulness and arrogance. Do not allow yourself to become resentful, deceitful, or arrogant. These are the satanic trinity of vices. And we often get locked in it. Even believers get locked in it. People say, well, can, can the devil come after a believer? Well, why wouldn't the devil come after believers? Uh, the devil's not going to come after somebody who doesn't know the Lord as much. The devil's going to come after people who are a threat to him. And very often we get locked in this satanic trinity of resentfulness, deceitfulness, and arrogance. And we're going to talk about how it happens, and you're going to recognize yourself and myself in it, and we're going to learn how to prevent that cycle from happening. And it's going to free us up from a whole bunch of stuff that, we, that can keep us in bondage for years and years and years. Resentment, and if you don't uh, remember anything from today but this, is a toxic smoothie of two things, self-pity and anger. And it's very sour, but it's also very attractive. Self-pity and anger mixed together in a blender comes out resentment. And resentment is perhaps the most toxic of all emotions. 
corrosive to our spirit, our soul, our heart. Folks, you can be saved, headed for heaven, but living in hell on earth because you've let resentment into your life, and resentment leads to a whole bunch of different things. It's a blend of self-pity and anger. Who here, along with me, has ever been in that place where you start to get resentful? And the enemy starts to get a hold of us at that point, and he starts to play with us like a cat plays with a mouse. I've got you now. I've got you in the resentment zone. Who thinks it's easy to go there? It's really easy to go there because bad stuff happens to us in life. Bad stuff happens to the people we love, and we get setbacks, and terrible things happen, and it just is part of life. In this life, you will face tribulation. We run into trouble in this life. Jesus says, focus on today, for today has enough trouble for today. In other words, saying you're going to have some trouble every day. And those challenges we face are the things we have to face without going into the resentment zone. Here's what people often say when we are in the resentment zone. I include myself in that. Why did it happen to me? And I've got this fascinating insight the last week. So you'd like it to happen to someone else? I mean, think, <laughs> think about it. It's, uh, why, why, maybe you should go to someone else, you know, uh, somebody you dislike or someone you think is awful or whatever. But uh, it happens to everybody. The Bible says the sunshine and the rain shine and fall on, on good and bad alike. And we all run into stuff in this world. We just do. Why me? Rather with somewhere else? I don't think so. Resentment. Here's why resentment is toxic. Resentment gives us permission to receive Satan's false narratives. It gives us permission to listen to lies. There's a lot of resentment in our country right now on both political sides, all over the place. People are resentful about everything. And what happens is the more resentful you get, the more willing you are to listen to lies and not check them out. Who thinks there's conspiracies going around here that aren't necessarily connected with the truth? Uh, flying around all over the place, there's all of this stuff. And we've all got friends who come up to us and say, did you know that da-da-da-da-da-da-da? And you're thinking, whoa, I thought my friend was smarter than that. But we get caught up in all of these things. And it often comes out of resentment. Resentment primes us for listening to the enemy. And the enemy then starts to whisper lies to us. And when the enemy starts to whisper lies to us, then we start to depart from the truth. And we're not living in line with what's really going on. I, I, I sometimes hear people say things and I think, are you living on the same planet I'm living on? Are you living on the same place at all? Because their view of things just doesn't match with what's actually going on at all. Resentment gives us permission to receive Satan's false narrative. So if you've been through challenges in your life, it's tempting to get into resentment. And once you're in resentment, you start listening to the enemy. Start listening to the enemy, we lose touch with the truth. Because Satan is the father of lies. I did a teaching last week that I didn't think anybody would listen to. It was about, uh, it was about uh, do you really believe in the devil? I put it out there on YouTube. And I'm just amazed at how many people don't. I think it's so easy to believe in the devil. First of all, Jesus believed in the devil, and he's smarter than me. Okay? Let's, let's start with that. Second of all, the devil does great advertising. I mean, it's, it's, I got my Sunday paper this morning, and there's all kinds of advertising for the devil out there. There's all kinds of stuff that he's into and doing that is not helpful. Who thinks that there's some bad news out there? 
that's uh, pushed by somebody who does not have our best interest at heart. And how does he do that? Get people to feel resentful and then start whispering lies because we're susceptible to lies most when we're resentful. When we're resentful, we're, we lose touch with reality and we start to believe lies. This is Jesus talking in uh, Matthew 12, verse 30. Uh, excuse me here. I'm in the wrong chapter, but I've got the right verse. So just pay attention to the uh, what's on the screen here. You are your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. The enemy is the father of lies. And if we go into the pity party of resentment, and sure, we feel sorry for ourselves once in a while, but don't stay there. I think it was Joyce Meyer who once said, uh, if you're walking through hell, keep going, keep moving. Don't, don't, don't have a picnic. Just keep moving. Keep, keep going. Here's the top 10 lies, according to a list on the Internet, so it must be true. But uh, here's the top 10 lies, and you'll see how easy it is to start lying. I'm fine. Who here has said I'm fine when you're not fine at all? Be there in five. Goes along with, oh, I couldn't storm late, the traffic was really bad. And sometimes the traffic was just normal, but uh, we were late anyways. You look great in that dress. You're just, people lie to each other about that. You look awesome. I would rather say friends don't, friends, friends don't let friends go outside dressed like that. I mean, my wife says that to me once in a while. You can't wear that. You can't wear two different kinds of plaid. You just, you, you, you can't do that. You can't go outside. If you love someone, don't let them wear stupid things and, and tell the truth. Sorry, I forgot. When we remembered, we just didn't want to do it. Who's done that before? Sorry, I forgot. Do you see how easy it is to go into the sort of deceptive zone? Number five, I never said that. This is for husbands and wives who have arguments. I, I, I never said that. Yeah, you did. Don't you wish there's a tape recorder, like a black box for marriages, where you could go back and say, you did do say this right here. I am or was sick. Who has used sickness as an excuse not to go somewhere? I was feeling a little out of the weather. Really, you just didn't want to go to that board meeting. You didn't want to do that that night. No problem. It's all good. And you're churning inside. Who has, like, gritted your teeth and said, it's all good, but it's not good at all all. Number eight, I love you. This is my favorite one with celebrities. I love all my fans, even though I have no idea who you are. You know, there's, there's this, <laughs> the, the idea that it just gets so cheapened by people who just say it. They're just, I love all my fans. You don't even know who they are. You have no idea. If you've ever had siblings, this was probably your first lie. I didn't do it. My brother did. My sister did. God gives us siblings to blame when things go wrong. That's just how that works. I didn't do it. Not me. Number 10, oh, I don't care when you do. When you do, see how easy it is to end up being a little bit deceitful, which little lies lead to bigger lies, and we lose touch. Don't ever uncouple with the truth. We start to uncouple from the truth and all kinds of bad things that can happen. And number 11, which should be on here, I never lie. Here's an insight. The first insight was resentment is a blend of anger and self-pity. 
Here's a second insight. Who here loves going to fun houses and looking at those wavy mirrors? I, I love the ones that make my legs look this short and you just kind of dance. And it's, just, it's really kind of fun. You get this sort of distorted look. When you and I lie, we purposely try to distort the way other people see things. We're attempting to help people or make people see things that aren't true. We are distorting their vision. And when you distort someone's vision, you actually do damage to them because you give, make it harder for them to see what's really going on. Little lies, big lies, whatever it is, we start to distort the way people see things. And here's the big insight. Warping other people's view of reality, which is the definition of a lie, warping other people's view of reality. Who thinks politicians never do this? Warping our view of reality, it also warps our soul to do it. We do damage to ourselves every time we tell a lie. And we start to bend our insides. Because then we have to align ourselves with the distorted view in order to continue operating the way we're operating. And this happens a lot. This happens to all of us. Like I say, you can be saved and have this happen to you. So people who are saved have to make sure that we're watching and vigilant when the enemy comes around telling us, why don't you just warp this one? It'll go easier for you. It'll be more comfortable if you just warp this person's view, which is a lie. But we can't do it without warping our own selves. And the more we lie, the way the more we warp ourselves. Who's ever said about someone else, that person is just warped? Well, that person has told lots of lies to the point where their insides are all like this and they're not great. We lose our sense of integrity. And it's gotten to the point now where people think in order to promote my political view, whichever it is, I'm entitled to lie because the other people are doing it. So I have to overstate my case so I can match their overstated case. And who hasn't seen this in the news and cable news and everywhere else? There's all kinds of stuff. It's so spun that it's almost better to ignore those things. You can't warp others without warping your own soul. So this is uh, this is Matthew 12, 31. I'm sorry about the last one. I got the wrong passage there. But it's still in the Bible. Jesus says, therefore... And here's a scary passage, but I'm going to help you understand it. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men and women, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Let me say two things about that. First of all, if somebody says they know exactly what that passage means, they don't know what they're talking about because there are so many opinions on this verse. And this is, if you understand the Bible and you understand Middle Eastern culture, Middle Eastern people are not understated. Uh, if somebody doesn't like America, it's death to America. I mean, Middle Eastern people are pretty intense people. And there's something called in Semitic languages, Semitic hyperbole. And Semitic hyperbole is saying something so strongly, and what it's meant is to have you pay attention. When Jesus says, if, you're, if your hand has caused you to sin, cut it off, who here takes that literally? That's Middle Eastern hyperbole. What he's saying is, this is really important. Really important. 
pay attention to the sin against the Holy Spirit. And here's why I think it's true. This is just my opinion. This is not in the Bible, but none of the opinions about this are actually in the Bible. I believe that the Holy Spirit is very closely connected to our conscience. And you might even be able to say the conscience, your conscience is the Holy Spirit. At least there's a lot of overlap. And every time you and I are about to lie, the warning light on the car dashboard comes on. Every time. And you have to put duct tape over it not to see it. And there's ways of putting duct tape over that. But every time we're about to lie, that warning light comes on and says, that's not true. And when you sin against the Holy Spirit by duct taping over that, that light, you create a problem where you diverge from the truth and it's really hard to get back. You do damage to yourself. And I do damage to myself when we do that. What Jesus is saying here is not to speculate theologically like crazy on what the sin of the Holy Spirit is, but rather take this very seriously. Don't tape over, don't tape over your conscience. Pay attention when that light goes on. Don't tell that lie. Don't spin that truth. Keep, don't warp other people. I had, uh, who here back, who, most of you weren't alive in the 70s, but those of you who were, who here had favorite albums you listened to over and over and over? One of my favorites was Linda Ronstadt's Heart Like a Wheel. I listened to it many, many, many times. I just love the lyrics in it. And she's, one of the lyrics in there is, your heart is like a wheel. Once you bend it, you can't mend it. And there's something about that in the sin against the Holy Spirit. If we start to tell untruths, we start to warp our own soul. And I've tried really hard to fix bicycle wheels. They're a little bit off. You ever notice, like, the brakes, sometimes it'll, it'll hit every time it goes around, and you try to you tighten certain spokes and you loosen other spokes to try to get it to be perfectly round? I was with my Volkswagen bus in a parking lot this week, and uh, there was no car parked in front of me. So I thought, I'll just pull out frontwards instead of backwards. I went over a couple of barriers that I didn't see. Who else has done that from time to time? You just Yeah, and and I'm thinking, oh, I hope I didn't mess up my rims. Because once you mess up your rims, it's really hard to fix them. And once we do the big warps on our soul, it's really hard to fix that. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Take this very seriously. Resentment leads to deceitfulness and lying. And deceitfulness and lying can cause a problem I gotta tell you about. And as we've learned, and it's hard for North Americans to believe this, but the Bible says it, words create reality. When we lie, we create a false reality around us. And we we stop seeing things as they really are. Who here has ever put on someone else's glasses? Uh, who needs drugs when you can do that? You just put on someone else's glasses, whoa, you're just it's, it's crazy. You put on someone else's glasses, and that's what happens when we lie. We, we warp stuff around us, and it's really hard to take those glasses off. Because to admit a lie is sometimes worse than actually telling it in the first place, because then we come across as not having an integrity and, and all of that kind of stuff. Words can create reality. They can create a warped reality around us. So resentment can lead to deceit, and resentment is when the 
let's, let's get this real clear. Resentment is when the enemy starts talking to us and starts deceiving us into living a life where lies are told and we warp reality. And when that happens, we have two paths. We can go in the path of arrogance. I told this lie, I'm sticking with it. And I'm going to stick with it to the very end. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. And it doesn't matter what comes, and we spend the rest of our lives defending a lie. And we can do that. And that's called arrogance. And we will just, if you've ever been married for a long time, you've had conversations where you get really arrogant with each other about what's true. And you don't see the objective truth at all. And you start saying, well, this is just the way it is. And, and all of this stuff starts to escalate. And the other pathway, which is way better than arrogance, is dealing with it in the now. Dealing with it in the now. So what do we do with this bent bike wheel? What do we do with a soul that has been warped? Well, outside here is Stan's cool new bike. He's got an e-bike, and uh, we're not supposed to covet, but we want one just like it. That's what my grandpa said. Uh, don't covet, just want one like it. But uh, it's a beautiful bike, and it's new. It's got that sort of new car smell to it. It's got the whole new thing to it. And here's Jesus' deal. With a wheel, once you bend it, you can't mend it. But the Lord has an infinite supply of brand new wheels. Brand new wheels. And when we get brand new wheels and put them on our bike or our car with perfectly round wheels, there's no womp, womp, womp when we drive anymore. And ever notice when you get something new, you're kind of excited about it? Wendy and I are buying some backpacking gear right now because we'd, we've done a lot of like trailer camping and day hiking, and we'd like to do some overnight backpacking. And we've got some... A little stuff, a little thing of stuff in the corner of new equipment. And every once in a while, I just have to go look at it. It's really fun. See, who's here out of new stuff? You just have to keep going looking at it. Kind of cool. Look at look, look right here. We get excited about it. And we're also very protective of it. When you get a new car, who eats in their car for the first few weeks? Nobody. We're never going to eat in this car. Then a few months later, you know, you're having French fries and it just, you know, it, it, it disintegrates into whatever your car ends up being like. And, there's a sort of protectiveness of it. When the Lord gives you a new wheel, and the Lord can give you a new wheel today for anything that's warped. Once you bend it, you really can't mend it. You need a new wheel. Don't try to fix it. Just let the Lord replace the broken part with something new. And start living a life of telling the truth as best you can. As best you can. The the new wheel, folks, it's just such a gift that he gives us. This is the key verse for today. Look it up in your Bibles if you would. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I, I, I had this message put together all week long, and I still didn't have a key verse at the end. I said, Lord, give me this key verse, and I had trouble falling asleep last night, and it finally came to me. This is 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is the same verse that's on the container out there with the angel wings. So if you want to take a picture of yourself with the angel wings, this verse is out there. All who are in Christ are new creations. The old has gone. The new has come. Everybody gets new wheels. And when the wheel gets bent, it's time to give up on the old wheel and just ask for a new one. The Lord gives us new things. Brand new for old. Beautiful 
beautiful clothing for rags, glory for ashes, uh, beauty for ashes. The Lord wants to replace those things because the truth is we can't fix ourselves. The Lord gives us for free brand new wheels. So some practicalities. Pay attention if you start to spend too much time in resentment, that little toxic smoothie of anger and self-pity. Pay attention when that starts to take over your life. The world's given me a bad deal. Uh, this, this, uh, the boss was awful. My parents didn't like me. You go on and on and on. I mean, you fill in the blank. I should have more money than I do. Uh, why am I, why am I sick when my, my friends are healthy? Fill in the blank. Anytime we get into that resentment cycle, we are attracting, we are attracting the enemy because we're easy prey at that point. Early warning sign system for resentment. Number two. Tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Tell the truth, or at least don't lie. I've talked about this before. We tell the truth as best we can, but the truth is we don't fully, totally understand the whole truth the way the Lord does. And there's no way perfectly to tell the truth, but it's really easy not to lie because that warning light comes on every time. We can commit starting today not to lie. We can commit to not spreading warped falseness around us and trying to warp the views of other people. We can commit to protecting ourselves, And this is why when you get a new car, you protect it. And when you get a new wheel from the Lord, you take care of it. And you don't drive over curbs like I just did with my, my Volkswagen. I hope nobody saw that. It was so embarrassing. It, we, we need to protect that new thing. And if that wheel gets damaged again, sometimes we have to ask for several wheels during the period of our lifetime. We have to start over and start from scratch. I'm going to pull up the third one there, if you would. One more up there. Raise your awareness of self-deception when we start to deceive ourselves and start to deceive other people. Raise your awareness of that. Ask yourself, is the opinion I'm giving right now really in line with the truth? We jokingly talked about this last week, I think, but uh, one of my favorite politician quotes, and I'm not, this is not a political thing, but uh, when, when uh, Richard Nixon said, some of the things I've said are at variance with the truth. I mean, that's the biggest euphemism for a lie I've ever told. Just, uh, raise awareness of your self-deception. Number four, take seriously, take very seriously the threat of warping your own soul because that's what we do when we lie. We start to warp our own soul. Take it very seriously because the Lord loves you. The Lord cares about you and doesn't want us walking around with someone else's glasses with a warped soul. We may not fully understand the truth, but we can stop lying. It is doable with the Holy Spirit's help. Number five, ask for a fresh wheel and protect it. If you sense when you're driving through life, it goes, whoa, whoa. The wheel isn't quite right. Ask for a new wheel. This is what baptism is. We're doing baptisms today. Several people are going to be immersed in water baptism. Water baptism is a dying to your old self. It's giving up the old wheel. Giving up the old wheel and asking for a new one. 
It's asking for the Lord to give you a wheel with, with no imperfections, a wheel that's perfect, that spins perfectly, and to protect that, and to use this church community to help protect that. So that's open to everyone today. Here at the well, we are not at all legalistic about baptism. We baptize everyone for whom the Lord has led them to get baptized. And if you feel led to get a new wheel today and start over, today is a great day to do that. It's a great day to do that. What you're saying when you go into the water, it's a ritual drowning. The Bible says we died to ourselves and we were raised in newness of life. The old has gone, the new has come. And there are times in life where we need a new wheel. We need to start over. Hit the restart button. You don't have to hit the restart button every day, but once in a while you need to do that. And for those of you who need to do that today, I hope you'll come to the picnic and come forward and get baptized. Uh, we'll bring towels or whatever we need to bring if you're not ready and you didn't. Oh, I didn't bring my swimsuit, whatever. Uh, it's nice weather out there. You'll, you'll dry off. It, it, it'll work out. Think about that today. Think I'm not pressuring anybody, but I'm inviting people to say yes to Jesus, to say no to the old warped self, and to put on that new wheel. Move beyond sin management. So often, religion, including Christian religion, is designed just for sin management. And it's not designed for transformation. I don't want God just to say, you're not going you're not, you're, you're not to go to hell because of the things you did. You're coming to heaven because I gave you grace. That's fine. But I want God to fix those things in my life. Do you understand the difference? I've got a lot of things to fix in my life. We all have a short list of things that need fixing. And I want to move beyond just getting forgiveness for those things and getting some victory over those things. And it's a process in life, isn't it? It's a process in life. As we age, I think we all start out as grape, as, uh, grape juice, and we can end up fine wine or vinegar, depending on which way we go. You guys know any vinegar old people? Uh, do you know some fine wine old people? It's just You love being around them? We can be one or the other if we want to move in that direction of the truth. I'm going to invite the worship team up here. And I want you all to pray about, perhaps today, uh, getting baptized. Saying no to your old self, saying yes to clarity, to truth, to starting over. And once you get baptized, to protect that, to protect that new will, and to be excited about it, and to live your life in the weeks and the months to come in a way that lines up with that. So the main theme here is do not allow yourself to become resentful, deceitful, or arrogant. Next week, we're going to finish up the series on how to be grateful in spite of real suffering. And this doesn't mean be in denial, but how to be grateful in the midst of things, not for them, not for them, but in the midst of them. Gratefulness is the royal road into the Lord's throne room. So let's pray. Lord, uh, King David said to you in the Psalms, uh, let me know if there's any crooked way within me, any any way that is bent or warped. I want to see things as they really are. And Lord, I don't want to warp the world of people around me. And so Lord, guard my words. And turn up the, the brightness on that dashboard light so I see it every time. 
for the for the more I keep myself from untruth, the more I can show love for people around me. And keep me from resentment, Lord. There's so many things to be resentful about. With this pandemic, we can't do this and we can't do that. And it's easy for us to get angry at people, people we don't even know. And a lot of us have faced health challenges, financial challenges, lost our jobs. And it's easy to just dive into that pool of resentment. It's so tempting there. But Lord, that little mixture of anger and self-pity is a, is a breeding ground for the father of lies. And he loves to see us in that place because he can mess with us like, like a cat with a mouse. And the best thing to do is just stay away from there. And if there's any resentment that's got a hold on any of our lives today, Lord, I just break it in Jesus' name. Let's break it in Jesus' name, breaking the bonds of resentment, the assignments of the enemy. And Lord, we pray for, we pray for truth-telling. As my mother said, if you can't say something good about someone, don't say anything at all. If you can't tell the truth, don't say anything. Speak less, listen more. Make us teachable, Lord. If None of us fully understands all of the truth, Lord, uh, but your holy word has truth. So we pray that you keep us in the word, keep us closer to the truth. And Lord, there are people right now in this room who need to get baptized today. Who need to say goodbye to that old bent wheel that is not fixable and say yes to that brand new shiny wheel, Lord, without blemish. those new wheels with a smooth ride. Lord, I pray for victory over those things in our lives that keep us from being all that we could be. We pray for a hunger, Lord, for that, a hunger for growth. Lord, that none of us would ever be happy with who we were three, four years ago. But continue to strive forward, Lord, for what is true and beautiful and good. For the more we go after those things, the Lord, we, the more we become true and beautiful and good. And we want that in our lives. We give you thanks for those, those upright people in our lives, Lord, that we're drawn to. People who care about the truth, that they'd be role models for us. And I pray, Lord, that you speak to everyone here who needs to get baptized today, that they would say yes to your call. And quit riding around on a lumpy bent wheel. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been here.
of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your voice, you have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness. God. In my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. I think that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, so when you burn out, I give everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. people go down in the water today, I just pray that they would um, have just such a powerful encounter with you because you are baptizing them today, ultimately. You're meeting there with them and you're saying, yes, I'm giving you my Holy Spirit. Since you've accepted me as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to walk with you in this life, step by step, I go before you. My goodness is running after you. So God, help us all, Lord, to just stay in that attitude of surrender. That's the places where the blessings fall. Your goodness this is running after you. is running out. 
running after me With my life laid down, I'm surrendering now I give you everything Your goodness is running after It's running after me Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to be going out to the, the picnic now, and you may say, well, I don't have anything, but we always have too much food. So if you didn't get anything, um, just come out there anyways. It's at Seabridge Park, and if you're here for the first time or the 450th time, it uh, doesn't matter. Seabridge Park, we'd love to see you there. It's at the west end of Edinger. You just look in your little navigator there. Just type in Seabridge Park, and it's a beautiful little beach, and we would love to have you there. You come for the picnic, you don't have to get baptized, okay? It's just, uh, you can just eat chicken and, and stuff and do just fine, so there's going to be no pressure there. But we'd love to have you out there, and so uh, come on out, and just uh, make sure you meet uh, with each other before you take off and get to know a couple people you don't know that well. I think that's real important here after church. Grab a donut or something and uh, enjoy each other's company. There's no rush because we don't really have to get there until about 1230. If you get there sooner than that, please uh, start finding each other and sort of reserving a spot because it tends to fill up over there with lots of picnics, the small park. So uh, just kind of find each other and start to kind of claim a little elbow room so we can do our thing there. And we'd love to see you guys out there. I'd like you to receive a blessing. So just uh, go ahead and stand up and open up your hands to receive a blessing. Lord, uh, Jen was just singing up here, and Kathy was singing. The whole team was singing, uh, you're running after us, Lord. And I just pray that we would just stop and let you catch up with us. Let you catch up with us, Lord. Lord, some people are going to encounter you in the water today. We just pray, Lord, that uh, they would sense your love and your presence. And, Lord, I just give you thanks, Lord, for... Uh, for giving us your word, because we need something on which to judge truth. And I pray that you protect us all this week from, from resentment, from deceit, from arrogance, that we would live lives of truthfulness, truth-seeking. And Lord, I pray that you bring us back together again next week to, to learn about how to be grateful even when things are hard. We give you thanks for this wonderful community, Lord. I want to pray for those people right now who can't make it to the picnic because they're all over the continent or in the Philippines or Europe or wherever just watching this right now. I just pray, Lord, that they would be in fellowship with us in spirit. And, Lord, I just pray that you would bless them too. Bless us all this week with abundance, with more than we need, with growing, loving relationships, with vocational direction and focus, with not just a lack of symptoms, Lord, but uh, with health and strength to be able to do what we need to do. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great uh, week. We hope to see most of you at the at the uh, picnic. Go ahead and greet some people that, uh, that you don't know very well, and we will connect with you over there.